Welcome to episode 21 of Love, Words, and Poetry. The poem for today was published in the spring 2009 issue of The Lyric. I'll read it at both the beginning and the end of this podcast, since it's a rather dense poem. On the Cusp of May The heart springs grateful as a mockingbird, ringing changes in a silent tree, roughly sketched beyond the jeweled glass. For freedom you have set us free, freer in this tiny chapel than nightingale at midnight, entrancing stars to dart from their ordered paths and fall in love with our torrid atmosphere impassioned context for ardent soul, hothouse violets in nursery flats, banked fire in redwoods, unbuilt eaves, crystalline aura before an avalanche. Queries are no more than that. We leave them suspended on a branch where they may embroider tropes, polish sapphires, whose blueness veers into pools of mystery, taking its toll, hands transfigured into wings of praise. The fountain clatters at the edge of toil, divulges an afternoon of planting beans, peppers, tomatoes, dirt becoming soil detailed with emerald icons of hope who speak the idiom of grass. Lettuce, froths, and bolts, seeds deferred till March, while rainbow chard arrays itself in leaves and leaves and leaves. If you leap, fearless, into the squall, from here it is not far. The word of the day is trope, which appeared in the second stanza of my poem. It means a figurative or metaphorical use of a word or expression. A literary trope is the use of figurative language via word, phrase, or an image for artistic effect, such as using a figure of speech by substituting a word or phrase with a less literal word or phrase. Webster's third new international dictionary, unabridged, which was my present to Wes when he graduated from Harvard, defines trope as the use of a word or expression in a different sense from that which properly belongs to it for giving life or emphasis to an idea or a figure of speech. The second definition is any one of certain melodic decorations gradually developed in Gregorian music and employed at the close of psalms and responses, a phrase or verse added as an embellishment or interpolation to the sung parts of the Mass, especially during the medieval period, or It could be any of the 44 groups or arrangements of the 12-tone scales into two six-note chords as developed by Joseph Hauer and used by him as a basis of musical composition. 
a system to structure atonality different from the 12-tone row technique of Schoenberg. When I wrote On the Cusp of May, I don't think I knew about the musical implications of the word trope, but now I am rather enamored of the image of queries on a branch embroidering figures of speech or musical embellishments or even one of the arrangements of 12-tone scales, or perhaps all of them, leafing out in an enchanting array of literary or musical greenery as background to the mysterious blues of sapphires, which all goes to show that there are depths to poetry that even the poet doesn't know about when she is composing it. In today's love letters, Wes and I look at the idea of couple power, which we discovered on our marriage encounter weekend. In his letter, Wes wrote, Dearest Vicki, this is a hard question, I guess because I've never really stopped to consider things we've done for someone else as a couple. The inner city parish project comes to mind, as well as when dad was here, and I felt at least some of the time that we were ministering to him as a couple, and teaching CCD together was in a way helping all those kids as a couple. I feel very good about that kind of joint activity, and as a result of our weekend, I would really seek out opportunities to expand it, not so much in taking on new tasks but maybe just working more as a couple at old ones. I guess that's what couple power is really all about. I generally, as we talked about before, feel optimistic about making changes as a result of our weekend. And this is one of the areas where I feel hopeful, that our weekend can make a concrete difference in our lives. I really don't have anything specific in mind, just these good feelings. I like the idea of acting as a couple. I love you so much and always want to be with you. Forever yours, Wes. In my letter, I wrote, Dear Wes, I usually feel happy doing things as a couple for other people and more confident than if I did them alone. I was thinking of going to Edo's wake together and how I was very aware of many of your feelings while we were there about Edo and Wakes in general, and it seemed more meaningful that we went together. When we started, I felt very positive about teaching CCD as a couple, and I think some of my later frustrations come from our difficulties in really working as a team rather than as alternating teachers. I am excited about working together as a presenting couple in Marriage Encounter, because, of course, we will really be doing that as a couple, and I feel very confident that we have so much to share, even as I am sure we still have more to learn together. But I feel very good about helping to give other couples a weekend like we had. I also feel joyful and hopeful about being able to share in little ways with our friends how Marriage Encounter has changed us just by the way we are together which makes me feel happy. I love you always, me. On the cusp of May, 
The heart springs grateful as a mockingbird ringing changes in a silent tree, roughly sketched beyond the jeweled glass. For freedom, you have set us free, freer in this tiny chapel than nightingale at midnight and trancing stars to dart from their ordered paths and fall in love with our torrid atmosphere. Impassioned context for ardent soul, hothouse violets in nursery flats, banked fire in redwoods, unbuilt eaves, crystalline aura before an avalanche. Queries are no more than that. We leave them suspended on a branch where they may embroider tropes, polish sapphires, whose blueness veers into pools of mystery, taking its toll, hands transfigured into wings of praise. The fountain clatters at the edge of toil, divulges an afternoon of planting beans, peppers, tomatoes, dirt becoming soil, detailed with emerald icons of hope who speak the idiom of grass. Lettuce froths and bolts, seeds deferred till March, while rainbow chard arrays itself in leaves and leaves and leaves. If you leap, fearless, into the squall from here, it is not far. May you spring gratefully into the rest of your life.